0: Good morning and welcome to the Pitch Towards Holiness podcast. I'm Mike Kidwell.
1: And I'm Michael Kidwell.
0: And we took a week off last week because Michael moved. He got into a new apartment. So congratulations, Michael.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's really nice. It's um, nice and quiet. It's in a better neighborhood. So yeah, all in all, it was a good move.
0: Cool. And Michael's getting ready to... Um, culminate that move with a big day next month, December 17th, he's getting married. So yeah, we're really proud and excited about that. Um, so there's a lot a lot of things going on. We're going to try to stay consistent with the podcast um, in between. But if there is some fluctuation or some gaps, that is the reason why. So we're just letting you know now. Yeah, we
1: apologize. Um, life comes at you hard. and Sometimes you just got to take a break.
0: Yep. That's it. So today we're going to be talking about if you build it, he will come. And we'll talk about what that means in just a minute. Um, but before we do that, we're going to talk about one of the most iconic baseball movies ever made. And that movie is...
1: "Filled of Dreams. Yeah, Fill the Dreams. It's um, probably whenever you say, hey, what's a good baseball movie, Um, a lot of people bring this movie or The Sandlot up. Both great movies.
0: And I think the reason why Field of Dreams has so much staying power is because it's not just about the game of baseball, but it's also about the game of life. And it has so many um, nuggets of teaching inside that movie. Um, I'm not saying that It's a perfect movie, but I'm saying that it is a very good movie for a family to sit down and watch and um, Mm -hmm. really learn from. So, Michael's got some quotes and some fun facts from the movie that we're going to look at right now.
1: Yeah, so, the movie came out in 1989. Um, Obviously, Kevin Costner is the lead um, actor in that. So, um there's a lot, a lot of good quotes. And you've already said one, which is obviously the most famous one, which is, if you build it, he will come. They will come. Well, yeah, they will come, is what they say in the movie. But today we're going to be saying he will come. And then obviously you got the famous go the distance, mm-hmm. is when he's um, at the MLB field and he sees it pop up on the jumbo. St- the jubotron and it says go the distance and he he doesn't know what that means
0: i think he hears whispers of it after that a couple different times too
1: and then later on in the movie um whenever the players do come and he finds out that one of the players is his dad and he says hey dad want to have a catch and then they end up playing catch that's that's a cool movie uh part of the movie and then there's another one that i really like it's It's insinuating they're talking about heaven, but it says it's the place where dreams come true. Mm. And so um, also looked up some fun facts about this movie that apparently they would schedule when they were going to record and shoot based on how tall the corn was.
0: Yeah, that's a big part of the storyline is this guy... Mows down half of his cornfield, which is his livelihood, to build a baseball field.
1: Yeah. In the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And so all these people, um, his friends, family, um, the town are like, hey, man, this this is now the, now the new town idiot because he's tearing down most of his livelihood to build a baseball field that probably no one's ever going to come to.
0: Yeah.
1: But... All in all, it's a really good movie, and I really suggest you go watch it. Um, I I would say it's life changing.
0: Yeah, it is. It is a very good um, movie to just sit with the family and watch. And it, you know, we're in the height of um, a really cool time with with being an Astros fan, as the two of us are. And I know that not everybody probably listening to this podcast is a Houston Astros fan, but we are. And Today, they play Game 6 of the World Series, and um, a lot of people are um, hoping that they can pull off a win and just eliminate the Phillies um, tonight in the World Series. Maybe but be nice. because we're such avid baseball fans is, is why we um, really have the parallels between baseball and the Word of God. And I think God uses the things that you're interested in to help you understand things in his word. I think that's, you know, he's just so creative that way. And the Holy Spirit really just shows you some things um, by what you do and what you're interested in on a daily basis. So if you're digging into God's word, he can reveal himself to you any kind of way. And so this movie um, is not any different. It, it has a lot of correlations in the spiritual that we're going to be talking about today. So that's why we're calling it, If You Build It, He will come because um, the movie says, if you build it, they will come. And this is a he's hearing this voice over and over again saying, if you build a baseball field in the middle of your cornfield, right, that they will come, you know. And he it's talking about all these um, baseball players from times gone by um, that would be probably his dad's age. Mm And so, you know, all these dead baseball players will just come back and play a baseball game if you build a baseball field and everybody will come watch it. So, you know, you, you set you, you lay out the storyline. It sounds pretty stupid. You're like, "God, you know, why would this guy cut into his cornfield for, you know, a hope and a dream yeah. of some dead baseball players coming back to life and playing a game and then everybody coming to see it." So, it's pretty it's pretty far-fetched with um it's realistic aspect, but it has a lot of connotations with what it looks like with our faith. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we, God says that if you have a faith of a mustard seed, that what you ask for, it can be done. And so in that movie, he had a hope and a dream that this would happen. And, you know, I'm not going to ruin the movie for everybody, but um, that you'll see how it ends. So, I want to I want to read, Michael in Haggai. Because this is what this is what God showed me in Haggai two, um, chapter two. There's only two chapters in Haggai, so it's the second chapter of Haggai, and this is the word of the Lord coming to Haggai, talking to the people of Israel. And so the movie talks about building a baseball field in the middle of a a cornfield. This guy's livelihood. This here is the Word of God talking about building, rebuilding um, God's temple, the spiritual house. And so um, we'll look at what that looks like and and talk about that because a lot of people don't understand that if you build your house, He will come. And so we're going to talk about that. So verse 1, on the 21st day of the seventh month, the Word of the Lord came through Haggai the prophet, saying, Speak to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, to the high priest Joshua, son of Jehozadak, and the remnant of the people, the remaining believers, is what it's talking about. Verse 3, Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it seem like nothing to you? Even so, be strong, Zerubbabel, this is the Lord's declaration. Be strong, Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, high priest. Be strong. Just a minute. I just lost my spot. Verse 4. four. Uh, even so, be strong, Zerubbabel. This is the Lord's declaration. Be strong, Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, high priest. Be strong, all of you people of the land. This is the Lord's declaration. Work. For I am with you. Doesn't say anything about sitting on your hands or not doing anything. It says work. The declaration of the Lord of hosts this is the promise I made to you. Okay. This is a promise that he has made to us when you came out of Egypt. Anytime you see Egypt in the Bible, it's talking about coming out of bondage, out of bondage to sin. So, and my spirit is present among you. Don't be afraid, for the Lord of hosts says this, Once more, and in a little while, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations. Um, big fingers do not scroll well on a phone. <laughs> Verse
1: 7.
0: Yes, so that the treasures of all the nations will come and I will fill this house with glory. So he's going to fill the house with his presence and his glory. Says the Lord of hosts, the silver and gold belong to me. This is the declaration of the Lord of hosts. The final glory of this house will be greater than the first. Says the Lord of hosts, I will provide peace in this place. This is the declaration of the Lord of hosts. So if you look at it, first of all, God's not just talking to believers; He's talking to the church, and He's talking to the nation. Um, you, you see that He's talking to the governor, and He's talking to the priest. He's talking to everybody here, mm-hmm. and He's saying that if you build this house, you know, for, forget what it used to look like. But if you build this house, your temple. We are the the Word of God says we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. If you build your house. On, on the Word of God, on me, then I will fill it with my glory and my peace. But here's the problem um, with, that we run into so, so often is um, we like to just sit around and listen to the Word of God on Sunday and participate on something that's going on on Wednesday and then never applying it within our life In between those days, Um, Mm -hmm. verse five uses the picture of them coming out of Egypt, which is, like I said, always a parallel of them coming out of sin. And then it says, be strong in work, for I am with you. Judah's people had returned to worshiping God. that there was a time that they weren't worshiping God and now they've come back to God and they're worshiping him. Um, with all their heart and all their soul. And God had promised to bless them for their efforts. But they also needed to get to work on the rebuilding project, their own temple. I mean, that's important for us to see because if you build your temple, if you start building on the Word of God and other things like that, He will come and He will fill you with His glory, with His presence, with His promise, with His purpose. So we have to be people that are of prayer, We have to be people that study God's Word, and we have to be people that worship. But eventually, we must get out and do the work that God's intended us to do. We can't just sit in our room and say, you know, praise the Lord that the the Word of God that I read this morning was really good. Um, I really had a good time of prayer and worship, and now I'm just going to sit in my house so you know, I'm not influenced by the world and I don't make any mistakes. That's not what he's saying to do. He's saying to get out and work and be a part of, the answer, not a part of the problem, but um, the the thing that we see in this world is everybody um, is so complacent, mm-hmm. and God wants to change the world through us. Right. He's not looking to the other guy; he's looking to us to be his ambassadors. Right. And so, first we need to build our house. God has given um, each of us a job to do in the church at our place of employment, and at our home. And a lot of us aren't doing that job. And it's the time has come that we should be strong, get to work, and start building our house on the Word of God and the rock Jesus. So if we build our life on Jesus, then, you know, these things that the, the world has that comes against us when the winds and the storms come, if you're building on Jesus, then you won't fall. But Mm -hmm. so many people are falling to the lies of the world, to the ways of the world, and to the um, ever-changing culture because they're not in the truth of the Word and they're not applying the truth of the Word. So um, we see a lot of people that are willing to go to the cornfield, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but they're not ready yet to Cut down the cornfield and build their house, or their field. If if you want to look at the movie parallel, they're not ready to build, and have that faith um, to to build on a on a empty plane and let Jesus build their life around Him. They're not willing to do that because they can't see instant results. Right,
1: and there there's another part of the movie where after it's built. Um, that there's this little gravel path that once he steps across is when they can see the players playing on the field. And the parallel to that is some of you have already built the ballpark, you've tore down the corn, you've built it, and now you still for some reason are holding some unbelief. Mm-hmm. Some of you need to cross that gravel line. And step into His presence.
0: Yeah, and step into His purpose. I want to, I want to read another scripture. It's in Romans one eighteen, and it starts in Romans one eighteen. Um, and, and this is really where we're at, um, as a society, and even as believers within the church, because, um, we, we've let the world influence us instead of the Word of God, and so verse eighteen um, in Romans one says for. For God's um, again, big, big fingers. for God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people by who by who, I'm sorry, of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. And there's a lot of people that are suppressing the truth of God, so they don't have to change. Uh-huh. So they don't have to become like God. It's easier to be like the world, so they don't want to change, and so they're just suppressing the truth, or they're conforming the truth to fit their lifestyle, right. instead of letting God's truth change their lifestyle. So verse 19: since what we can be known, since what can be known about God is evident among them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, (laughs) that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world. Okay, We we know that God exists. We know that we have a creator. Mm -hmm. Being understood through what he has made, as a result, people are without excuse. We don't have any excuse not to believe in the truth of God's word. Verse 21, For though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. Instead, here's, here's what happens. Instead, their thinking became nonsense and their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools In exchange, the glory of an mortal God for images resembling mortal man's bird, four-footed animals, and reptiles. Okay, this is talking about worshiping the world instead of God. Verse 24, therefore God delivered them over to the cravings of their hearts to sexual impurity so that their bodies were degraded among themselves. And this is where we're at in society. Verse 25, they've exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served something created instead of the creator who is praised forever. Amen. This is why God delivered them over to degrading passions, for even their females exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. The males, in the same way, also left natural relations with females and were inflamed in their lust for one another. Males committed shameless acts with males and received in their own persons the appropriate penalty of their error. And I don't have to expound on that Y'all know what we're talking about, and it's widely accepted these days. 28, and because they did not think it worthwhile to acknowledge God, to build their house on Jesus, God delivered them over to a worthless mind to do what is morally wrong. They were filled with all unrighteousness, evil, greed, and wickedness. They're full of envy, murder, quarrels, deceit, and malice. They are gossipers, slanderers, God-haters, arrogant, proud, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, and unmerciful. Although they know full well God's just sentence that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but even applaud others who practice them. Mm. Man, when God's word challenges comfortable, secure, living, self centered living, too often we close our ears to God to justify the way we're living because listening to Him requires life change. Listening to Him requires action on our part to build our life on Him. And too many of us are willing to build our house on anything. But God, mm-hmm. and then we want Him to fill us with His presence. We want us to, to for Him to fill us with His glory and His His power, and and we don't understand why He won't do that. But we're not building mm-hmm. on the right foundation. We're not clearing out the corn and having faith that God can do the rest. We're just doing what everybody else is doing. The whole world what they're doing immoral, unjust things. Mm-hmm. And then we're asking God to fill us. God's not going to come fill you with his presence, his power, and his purpose unless you first empty yourself of you so he can come and fill you. Um, A lot of people are willing to live for God, Michael. But what I've come to find out is not a lot of people are willing to die. They want, all of what God has. They want to live for him. They want to go to church. They, they, they want to talk the talk. But when it comes to self-sacrifice and change, they want none of it because they want to be comfortable. They want to be, that um, they want. you know, it comes down to the original sins, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Those three things become more important than being filled with his presence, Mm -hmm. his power, and his purpose.
1: Yeah, and so, um, not trying to be heavy-handed with this, but the way the world's moving right now is obviously far from the truth. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to be it's going to have to start with you. And just like we were saying today, if you put if you brush it off for someone else to do, then you're doing it all wrong. It's got to start with you. It's got to be a daily thing where you wake up and be like, all right, I'm going to choose God's will. And it's going to take surrender. It's going to take you being humble. Um it's it's it takes sacrifice to do god's will and so day in and day out you have to make this choice because the world's getting darker and just like we've said multiple times on this podcast in the darkest time is where your light shines the brightest and so it's up to us to take a stand in this world for our families for our friends for our community it's time to take a stand
0: there's people that God's put in all of our lives lives to put um, godly influence upon and it's up to us whether we're gonna be that godly influence or you know we're gonna be influencers of the world Um, but I I want everybody to ask themselves a question you know this is a a self-diagnostic thing if you just want to ask yourself this question in the course of a day, do you think about yourself, your needs, your wants more than you think about God's needs, God's wants? And if, if the latter is true, if you're thinking about yourself more than you are thinking about the things of God, then ask him to come and change your heart, to change your mind, to line up your perspective with his eternal perspective that you might not start thinking about the temporary things of this world as much as you think about the eternal things of heaven. It is high time that we stand up, be men of God, be the husbands that we're called to be, the fathers that we're called to be, the friends that we're called to be, and the influences that we're called to be to this world around us and stop being a part of this world but being set apart for God. Um, it is high time that we do that, but it's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take getting into God's word. You know, you know, Michael, I think a lot of times life happens and people purpose the right things in the heart, but they don't, um, designate the right time in their priorities. And so that priority gets put back on the back burner because of their whole, um, plan for a day. So, I mean, if you're going to get into God's Word, you're going to have to plan for study around that. Mm-hmm. And whatever becomes your priority in life, you'll make it your passion. Right. Um, but if if you're not passionate about serving God, He's definitely not going to be your priority. Mm-hmm. And so you'll probably just leave a little five minutes or so um, somewhere along the day and, and um, read a little scripture and say a little prayer and, and call it good, but really he wants to spend time with you. You know, I've been married to my wife. Um, we'll have an anniversary the week before Michael gets married. And we've been married over, to, over 20 years, and the more I spend time with her, the more I get to know her. You know, when I married her, I didn't know everything about her. You're right. She didn't know everything about me. But as we've grown together and we've worked through life together and we've gone through struggles together and we've gone through victories together, we've learned so much about each other and we've grown closer to each other with our love. And um, I'm just saying that because that is really what the relationship with Jesus should look like. Mm -hmm. When we first accept Jesus into our heart, we don't know everything about him. Right. He does know everything about us, but we don't know everything about him. And as we... Go through some trials as we go through some victories, as we do life with Jesus in a relationship with Him, He reveals Himself more and more to us. And we, because of that, we draw closer to Him and we're able to obey Him and apply His Word to our life more often. But any relationship takes sacrifice, right? It takes you putting the other person before yourself, and the relationship with Christ is no different. If you want to develop and cultivate a strong, passionate love relationship with Jesus, then you're going to have to dig out some time where you're spending time in His Word, spending time in prayer, spending time in His presence, and getting to know Him. You know, the, the Field of Dreams movie, they, they cut down that cornfield, um, built that baseball field, And at the end, I'm not going to tell you what happened, but at the end, um, they they were pretty surprised of the outcome. And everybody thought he was an an idiot. They thought he was stupid for what he was doing. He was throwing his whole life away. And I say that because that's what following Jesus is going to look like. It's going to take a lot of faith. Mm -hmm. It's going to take you jumping off in that faith and being obedient. And while, they, while you're doing that, the people around you are going to be like, you know, I can't believe that you're spending your money on the things of God, and I can't believe you're doing this, and I can't believe you're doing that, because your life is centered around God. But I guarantee you, if you do that, if you do that sacrifice, if you spend time with Him, if you build your life on Him, just like the movie had a great outcome, mm-hmm. your life will have purpose-filled outcome because you're building on the right things. But if you don't want to build your life on God, then don't expect his presence, his power, and his purpose to show up in your life.
1: Right. And with that, let's pray and close. So, Lord God, we thank you for this time we've had. Lord God, we just ask that we would daily build our life on you, Lord God, so that if we build it, you will come. Lord God, I just pray that you would fill us with your presence, fill us with your strength so that we can stand for what is right. Lord God, I just pray that everybody listening will be blessed and have a great day. In the name of pray. amen. And with that, this is another episode of A Pitch Towards Holiness podcast. I'm Michael Kidwell.
0: And I'm Mike Kidwell.
1: Thanks for listening.